Bellamy is Conrad. You are quite level grade 36. And you are listening to the Candair Podcast. Now stop it and get back to work. Welcome to another episode of Can Dare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. And joining us today to talk about their Kickstarter running till October 12th for The Fuhrer and the Tramp, we welcome Sean McArdle and John Judy. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, thanks for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. We've got a good show. I in. <laughs> <laughs> a fine contribution. We know how the show's going to be this week. Thanks, thanks for be fun. Thank you. It's going to be fun. See, that's why I had him as a co-writer. <laughs> Makes Little sense. Like that. <laughs> yeah. I can't come up with that shit on my own. <laughs> I just gave it away. What the hell, man? In our retro roundtable, we're going to be talking about the X-Men uh, with the Dark Phoenix trailer having been released. Uh, maybe we'll touch on opinions on that before we actually start that conversation. I think we'll have to. I don't see any yeah. way we can dance yeah. around. <laughs> Things have to be addressed, yeah. I suppose. And then the comic vault, gentlemen. What do we have to talk about? I am actually talking about a podcast this time. Uh, you know me; I'm all. It's about called the... Comic Vault. <laughs> <laughs> all right. In my defense, I cleared this with you hours ago. I just, I just jump on any opportunity to be an asshole. I'm sorry. I am uh, talking about one of my favorite horror storytelling like podcasts, that. Knife Point Horror. Ooh. Mm-hmm. All right, Jack. What about you? American Chop Suey. I'm already down. That with sounds that. kind of familiar. It's from I don't know if it's Source Point. It's from Source. Ed Bickford. Ed Bickford from Source Point Press. There we got it. Yeah. There we got it. A few of the books we'll be talking about there, and then we're going to turn our full attention over to Sean and John and talk about the Fuhrer and the Tramp. But before we do that, Jake, social networking outlets, pretty much the thing that keeps us afloat in this day and age. We live and die by our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So please, if you enjoy the show, find us there. Like and retweet and share and just interact because we like interacting too. So on Facebook and Twitter, we are at Pod, And on Instagram, we are at Canned underscore Air. And don't forget, if you really, really like what we do, head on down to Patreon. Throw a couple of bucks a month our way. Goes much further than you'd think. Hit that $5 mark and you are in the Founders Club with exclusive access to our Patreon-only bonus podcast. Yes, that's, that is indeed correct, Jim. Mm-hmm. I think you covered that all pretty damn well. I do like Wizard Worlds are over, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Conventions are over? Yep. All right, well, we'll start. No, Madison is at the end of November. Anyone going to the Madison November. Wizard World Comic yeah. Con at <laughs> checkouts on wizardworld.com, use Candare, no space, get a cool 10% off your ticket expenses. And with that, let's just kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Ready to move up. Holy nightmare. Holy barracuda. All right, gentlemen. The X-Men. Uh, I'm going to ask Sean and John really quick. Have you guys seen the new X-Men Dark Phoenix trailer? I have. I have not. Okay. Well, I, I've got to ask Sean. What do you think? I. It was just a blurry montage of a bunch of images. I really didn't get a sense of anything. <laughs> Sounds about right. Hard to argue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's typically about what they are. I don't know. I've got. I like soft... Sophie Turner, though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's a good casting yeah, for that great. character. That's Jean. Jean, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, she's in uh, Game oh, of yeah, Thrones. But... No? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I need to watch that show. I haven't yet, yet to see Game of Thrones. <sighs> got a couple of years behind you on that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Better dedicate a week or two. Yeah. Wait for Bubba's big <laughs> truck to drive by here. Still hear the truck. <laughs> oh, you're talking. Do you to guys the truck? clean this up, or do we just go raw? Oh no, I, 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 I edit the shit out of this. Yeah, no, it's, you'll never know Bubba's truck is there. <laughs> All right, jumping back into it. So, uh, what did you guys think of the trailer then? Well, I I want to touch on Mystique, but I think you're kind of. Bar- I'm going to let you go first and handle that subject. I was asking Buddy Jeff. 
that used to be on the show, what he yeah. thought of it the other day. And he said, well, I thought it was going to be a movie about Jean Grey, but it looks like it's going to be another movie about Mystique. Just with all the yeah. the images you see of her looking way different than she ever has before. And a hell of a lot better, I think. She does look better, a lot better. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there is no continuity with her look, is there? No. Not really. But... Was she really in like a, in the comics? I because I I haven't really seen where she was part of the first class in those original mm-hmm. times. Nothing so that I've she's ever not seen, no. this big a figure, and the, I, she's a great character. I've always liked Mystique, yeah. but the thing mm-hmm. I liked about her was the simplicity of her whole look and what yeah. she does. And now, like she's at the like end this. of Apocalypse, when she lined him up, she's like, "Forget everything you know. Oh, You're X Men now." I was like, "Oh my god, yeah. this is." fucking bad but why don't you stand magneto up and have him say we need to protect humanity for the sake of all humans and non-mutants <laughs> now let's hold hands <laughs> yeah. well now that all the opinions are out on the table there i mean let's just cut up some x-men in general and i want to look back towards sean well, and john what, what do you, do you think guys the over under what's that i was going to ask what do you think the over under is on this movie actually coming out I mean, they've already pushed it back, what, three times? Have they really? Back I, like I wasn't aware of that. Oh, yeah. They just pushed it back again. <laughs> That's always an encouraging sign, though, oh. if you know anything about movies. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of rewriting happening, right? I don't know. I yeah, read something the other day about they aren't doing reshoots. That was just a big myth, but maybe they're just saying that to keep everyone's hopes up. <laughs> no, we're not doing I reshoots. I think they should. The only thing they have going for them now is nobody cares about that. Yes. They can do anything they want. <laughs> really? Right now, with the way that things went last week, the big thing, we know that comic fans want to see superheroes' dicks. That's what they have to do. <laughs> all the times are changing. <laughs> all new, all dicks. Yeah, get Hugh Jackman in. Just a dick shot. That's it. <laughs> you Everybody wants to see it. Giant size X Men right here. <laughs> Did you just say giant size X Men? Yeah. 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 <laughs> You'd definitely be pulling giant a different crowd into the theaters, wouldn't you? Yeah, Wolverine. Well, they'd actually make a profit, maybe. The only, the, the only, the only uh, X Men movies that make move, make money right now are Logan and Deadpool, and they're both rated R. Yeah. So yeah. I'm telling you. And I, I think Logan was damn good. X Men dick. That's it. <laughs> Did it help the Watchmen at all? Seeing Dr. Manhattan's? I don't no. think it did. <laughs> Obviously it did. But for the record, Sean just called for X-Men dick, not just <laughs> not just any old Medi-Human dick, okay? All right? Make mine Marvel and make it cut. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't, don't tell me that as a little kid, you didn't drive yourself crazy wondering what Colossus' dick looked like when he was steel manned out, you know? Oh, wow. I never yeah. have thought of that, yeah. but that is interesting thought. Does it Bullshit. have full definition? Is it just Bullshit. like a plated dome? Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm as straight as the next guy that hustles on street corners on the weekend, but I have fantasized about that Russian dick. <laughs> so don't tell me you haven't. Nothing ever made me think about it until I saw mall rats. <laughs> I don't know. They mentioned it. Yeah, in there. Was it Banky kept wanting to go to talk to Stan Lee to find out if the thing's cock was actually oh, a big rock? Oh, yeah, that's right. Because yeah. <laughs> Stan Lee's like, me, I thought about that one too. <laughs> now I'm just thinking, and now that he's marrying a superhero's dick, like a, <laughs> could make Jesus. a game of it. You could just have him out in a line and you try and match the hero's mask to their dick. Electro just has a lightning bolt for a cock. <laughs> Professor X is actually impotent until he makes it stand it's up. Just like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. oh my god, this went down a direction I wasn't expecting. Plastic man. <laughs> I don't want to envision whatever. Oh, the hell. oh, Nightcrawler's dick. No, it's just no, small no, no, no. and then boom to the big. <laughs> it's got a weird no, point it, on the it has end. To be forked. Oh, oh god. Oh, what did he say? It's forked. Oh, it's prehensile tail. <laughs> oh, it's bamf. One second, you can bamf. It's fortified line, and now so are you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, superhero dick. <laughs> I think we have an episode. That's title. what's hot yeah, right now. So. That's that's the new wow. jam. Wow, God, thank you, Game of Thrones. They're responsible, right, for putting the dick in everyone's face. I, I think it really normalized having. <laughs> Uh, a series kind of held up by flaccid penis. 
six or seven times an episode. It's really the foundation of that whole thing. <sighs> oh my god! All my facts about the X Men here seem oh, boring as shit compared to all this. Let's have a really serious conversation about powers and mutations. We completely disrupted your show, <laughs> but in the best way possible, yeah. Sean. That's what I. That's what I love about it. Really, really dick things up for us. <laughs> completely editable way. <laughs> oh, but you can't wipe this away. No, no. no. this stain will remain on <laughs> <laughs> our souls and our hard drives. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Uh, here's a fact. Russell Crowe was offered the, the role of Wolverine first. Here's so another fact. Russell Crowe would have been a worse Wolverine. Worse oh, than Hugh Jackman? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I don't think no he could have done it. Mm-mm. No doubt. He would have been horrible. Oh, absolutely. And I have to imagine he's got a much smaller dick than Hugh Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, based on oh, nothing. shit. Wow. I don't know. I've got nothing, man. You fucking... My notes are ruined. <laughs> Oh my god Does Rocket have one Or does he just have a lipstick Like a dog He's just got the little (laughs) (laughs) That's the worst (laughs) Dude Ray Scott Didn't he originally Have that role Who's that I think they offered to him But he Down because of Mission Impossible 2 Bill Gray Scott Or however you say his name I know who that is Who is that Mm -mm. Oh He was the egg guy That was in Mission Impossible 2 He's the bad guy (laughs) I can't I mean I've Mission Impossibles, but I could not tell you which ones and what their relations were to the other missions impossible. Yeah, that which actually that point. would be the proper plural would be impossible. Those movies so all I, just I no kind of blend together. <laughs> they do, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotta say though, the most recent was badass. I still haven't I haven't watched a Mission Impossible. It was, but the you know, plot made seen. no sense. Yeah, it was very, yeah, it was kind of full of holes. But just the fact that, you know, you never stop seeing action the whole time. It was awesome. Like that whole car chase thing in the middle. Sorry, Jake, I'm not going to ruin anything for you. But it was like fucking 40 minutes later. And I kind of was like, am I still watching the same, (laughs) the same fucking chase? Really? In, In a good way. In a good way. Oh, yeah, of course. I've never seen past the first one. We'll get to watching, asshole. What are you waiting uh, on? <laughs> They're far at this they point, are. at this point, the mask technology is just insane. It's like everybody's wearing masks. The next one, I just want mask, 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 mask. Just everybody's wearing masks. All masks. It's like Scooby-Doo where they're just pulling them off one at a time. <laughs> yeah, just one after another. That would be funny as hell if it turned out like a Scooby-Doo episode. Rip off the villains. Lord Xenu, it was you all along. You're Ethan. No, I'm Ethan. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, here's another fun fact that might uh, spur some dick talk. In 1990 <laughs> In 1998, comics uh, the comics X-Men and Star Trek the Next Generation crossed, okay? They had a crossover. And within the comic, they broke the fourth wall before the wall was even there. They they talked about how much Professor X looked like uh, Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> Two years later, he oh, was cast no. in that role. Hmm. So the comic... Oh, so that precedes the... Cast. Yeah, wow. by two years, yeah. That, that's some Illuminati-level shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was even Wizards casting back in the day. Remember that when Wizard mattered? And it was like they had, you know, they would cast each movie... And they would have uh, like Dan Zig as Wolverine. <laughs> I'd watch I the hell out of see that. Oh yeah, already sold. <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah, I would watch the hell out of that. No, I really would. He is it. He's got the height of Wolverine too. True. Who yeah, would you guys exactly? Who would any of you cast as Wolverine next? That's a rough question. I now. Clint Eastwood's son. Oh, uh, who? Yeah, that's so. not a bad call. Yeah. Clint Eastwood's son. He looks like a young Clint Eastwood. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to look at a picture of him. I mean, you say he looks like a young Clint Eastwood. I guess I know what he looks like then. <laughs> Imagine Clint Eastwood young. <laughs> you know, kind of in that same vein. I would almost think uh, Kurt Russell's son. Was it? Oh Wyatt, yeah, I think is his name. He's got the right kind of scraggly 
sort of macho right. thing going. You know, the movie, one thing that they didn't do with Hugh Jackman, you know, is get the fact that Wolverine was pretty darn short mm-hmm. and pretty yeah, damn hairy exactly. and animal-like, you know. and Almost uh, like a Wolverine or something. <laughs> oh, he said the thing! He said the fucking thing! Wolverine, he's short and hairy. <laughs> like a badger. Oh, so I see where you're going. Peter, take I'm with you. <laughs> yes, good. <laughs> oh, shit. See, that's why he's the writer and I'm the co-writer, because when you mentioned short and hairy, I, my first thought was back to dicks. <laughs> but he had a Peter of an entirely different kind in mind. He's highly creative. I'm that's just, a valuable I'm skill. just setting him up, hoping someone hits him back. <laughs> I don't think you'll be disappointed. I don't think so. <laughs> Oh, now so- I'm very disappointed that Peter Dinklage isn't Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> it's the very best there is wow, what the he does. Wow, the visual you just put in my head. It's the sideburns that it's I have side- trouble envisioning the most. How are those going to fit with the shape of his head? Imagine Peter Dinklage in full-on berserker mode. Oh, man. It doesn't just stop my dick cake. <laughs> <laughs> He's lying. He's lying. <laughs> just launches himself head first like a ball seeking missile. Crumple a dude to his knees. Oh shit. Uh-huh. Alright, you guys gotta give me something. I'm 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 giving facts here. You help me. Uh, so X Men was an allegory for racism. You wanna to touch on that? <laughs> the first X Men that you ever read. Oh Ooh. shit. Like where do you start? The first one I ever bought, oh man, it was in the uh nineties during uh Onslaught. Like when okay. all the comics came together to like take down the Sentinels that were taking Manhattan, so probably not a great place to jump in on. But that in the animated series, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You guys, that's mine. It was pretty much an animated series. I was about then... to say this. It feels like a cop out, but yeah. that show was about the closest thing I had. To I mean, it was, was it was Fox that got me into comics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was buying comics already, but it was like a Turtle comics and I don't know, just weird shit from the from like the gas station. Get your but, little Tijuana Bibles. <laughs> right. I was so into the Tijuana Bible. No. Uh, but after, like, Spider-Man and X-Men came out, that's when I really got interested in the, those kind of comics, for sure. The all-new X-Men that came out in the early... Well, was it? It started not too long before we started the show, about five years ago. It was pretty cool, because my dad had always talked Uncanny? About, no, it was the all-new X-Men. Oh, I'm sorry. I, th- I didn't realize that was the title. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my dad had always talked about them when he was a kid and what they looked like. And they brought back like Hank ended up bringing the X Men from the past into the present. Now Beast, there's was just... a mutant dick to think about. Yeah. Beast. Oh, yep. Before he was all hairy. Can you even so. see it? How much fur and do you after. have to dig through? Well, back in the day, he never had fur. He was just a big guy with oh, big that's, feet. That's you true. think he has to cut shit out of his own ass hair? I'm sure he does. But he's so, like, genteel, (laughs) polite about it. He'd never discuss it. Does it in a very sophisticated way. He's got a a nice pair of shears. (laughs) Scissors in one hand, a spot of tea in the other. He's got a nice little rig that's like a circular mirror, and he stands in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) Hanging brain above (laughs) it. They teleport him away. That's how you have to do it. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I think we broke John. <laughs> magic. Magic does it. The, uh, you know, Colossus' sister. Just teleport those dingleberries right into the hell. That's kind of bring it. Nightcrawler do it. It's like, Nightcrawler, can I... <laughs> Look, I know I've been asking a lot of you lately. But... <laughs> you just bamf these off of me real quick. This is oh, the smell of brimstone when he bamps. It covers up the stink, too, <laughs> yes. so it's better is than lighting a match. Is that better? Brimstone over sure, shit. Sure, smell of sulfur over yeah, shit. I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's why they say light a match. Six and one half dozen. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, back on back to Beast. Right. I'm sorry, you were you were saying all new X Men. Oh, just that Beast was just a big guy with big feet back then. He didn't have the hair yet. So. Oh, right. No, right. Just no. the old classic X Men came back. I think Beast mm. is is among my favorite X Men. Really, I always really really liked him in the old animated series when I was younger. I think he, I don't know, something about him really stuck out to me. Sure. It could have been that he was electric blue and also a beast, but <laughs> I always really like that character because he's the physical. Built to stimulate <laughs> your attention. 
is basically the visual equivalent of an energy drink. You're just, <laughs> but uh, you know, because he's he's got the physical brutishness, but he's also you know intelligent, right. and sophisticated. I, I I like that balance, you know. I sure. love the fact that they had Kelsey Grammer cast him. Oh, my oh God. what a perfect cast! Yeah. Incredible. Oh yeah, that was a great cast. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, you really can't top that. Mm-mm. No, you can't. But uh, Jack, favorite X Men, Nightcrawler. Hmm. Good choice. Yeah. I enjoy that. What about uh, what about Sean? Kitty Pride. Really? Especially, especially the Astonishing X-Men run that um, Joss, Joss Whedon did. Oh, yeah. oh, my God, was that a great run. And that, that end in, uh, what, the giant size X-Men, Astonishing X-Men? Yeah. That that last part where she's stuck in the bullet. Oh, shit, that was so good. It's so good. I actually whimpered reading that, like flipping the page. I've never whimpered. Out loud while flipping a page and flipped to that double page spread, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> "Man, yeah. you just sold me already! I gotta read this." You haven't read it? Oh my! No, oh, God, it is the best run. His whole run, the whole run is so good, but the ending is heartbreaking. The ending just—it's devastating. The whole, the whole issue is every page you're turning a page is like, "Holy shit, that's amazing!" Those are the best comics. And then there's this the double ones page that make spread you that feel. Mm, I'm gonna have to get. That oh, out. I have shivers now thinking about it. It was goosebumps. See, they, the, I, I'm a big Turtles fan, and they tried to do something like that. Remember, it was like issue 42. They killed off Donatello, Donatello and, and yeah. boy, for a month there, shit got real, man. But then they, uh, the next issue, you know, started mopping it up. They didn't have the balls to follow yeah. through. No, they didn't. And that would have been cool, because I think, like, the old uh, old image turtles, you know, they flirted around with that, like, oh, yeah. Splinter dying, like, some of the turtles losing appendages and People eyes People got cut shit. in that old series. Oh, they got Not fucked yet. up in that series, yeah. for sure. But, uh, John, what about your favorite X-Men? Uh, you know, since you started asking, uh, I thought, you know, come up with a good answer. Don't choke. It's Wolverine. I'm sorry. It's so cliche, but it is. It's Wolvie. Not at all. He's kind of got everything that's cool about the X-Men, right? A power that's also a bit of a burden, you know, uh, dealing with the discrimination from all these different sources. It Mm -hmm. sort of exemplifies. I mean, there's a reason he's sort of the poster boy for X-Men. Sure. The whole Berserker mode. Uh, You know, that's it. I don't think X-Men would have took off in the 80s without him. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no way. <laughs> it's like that what the comic. Oh, like yeah. They, uh, Wolverine was on every cover just to make every comic better. <laughs> They'd probably be at the yeah. same kind of level as Fantastic Four is, right? Mm-hmm. Who's going to carry still around, Cyclops? But, yeah. I don't give a shit about Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> I think some people do, mm. but not enough. Yeah. It not undermines enough. my point, so I'm going to disagree with you. He's my second. <laughs> Oh, all right. <laughs> Mine is uh, Magneto. We were talking oh, yeah. about the casting. We were talking about the casting with him. How great was Hugh Jackman in that, actually? Just think about that. The whole 20 years of watching him play that character. Yeah. It was amazing. Uh, and really I just remember seeing it for the first time in the theater back in, what, 2000? Is that when it came out? Yeah. And mm-hmm. just that part where uh, Rogue asks him, she's like, does it hurt when her claws come out? And he said, every time. Every time. Jeez. <sighs> That I I had read I had read X for fifteen years at that point and never thought about that and never saw that that his that, that he actually has physical pain every time he, he sticks out his claws. And you make That's such awesome. a good point in mentioning that because you know that stuck with me too. And every yeah. time throughout those movies. When you know the camera shows his claws coming, see, out, then you become aware that of it. You're always. Like, that scene always sticks out in my mind. Like, oh, ooh, that hurt him. Ooh. Yeah. Well, not like in the cartoon and stuff, it always looked like it was a... Right. There was, was a, a, yeah. like an opening that they came out of instead of cutting his knuckles. They also looked like time. fucking knitting needles, well, too, yeah, rather than the claws, you know? <laughs> I hated the claws in the animated series mm-hmm. so much. But he was a whiny son of a bitch in that show. That's, that's what turned me off the show after a while, because it turned into a soap opera with him. Yeah. Gene! <laughs> Why does everybody want Gene? I don't know. Mm. Firecrotch. That's why. <laughs> that sums it right up. I never thought about that. Liar. Oh, I call it my dark phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Oh my Good god! Times. What else we have on X Men, guys? Anything before we wrap up this segment? I uh, I think there's a pretty huge and ridiculous range 
of power within the X-Men where you've got the, I know they're, they're like official classifications within the setting. I don't know them off the top of my head, but one that always comes to mind, let's take the movies, for example. There's that guy who's in one scene who has quills all over his body. Yeah. And I always think to myself, what good's this guy in a fight? <laughs> is he gonna hug them? You know, I was gonna say, and then he can give hug him a, someone a, and then give him a good old a stab. Little, little Are you talking pricks? about the guy that was in the third X Men movie? Yeah, yeah. He's like back off. I thought Shing. he could like, uh, got, like. Couldn't he throw them or no? You know what? Even if he could, still not. Yeah. 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 But, Ouch! You but that's me. Good that's thing why I'm wearing this the... denim jacket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if we're picking up from uh, New X Men, the Grant Morrison run at that point, and. Um, I don't know if that guy was actually in it. I don't remember, but a lot of times Morrison would have characters that their powers were not effective whatsoever. It was just straight burden. There is no upside to their powers. Right. See, They're that's cool. Just students at the school. I think that's cool. Yeah, because <laughs> if you accept the premise, then that's inevitable that, that would happen. Sure. There would be a guy who's just covered in quilt. If you have all these random mutations going on, they're not all going to be like, you know, kick ass. Right. Like some of them are going to be pretty freaking stupid. Like the ability to shake out exactly the number of aspirin from the bottle that you want, or <laughs> shoot fireworks. Being covered head, right? Yeah, yeah, man. We went movie. two ways with that. You say shoot fireworks. I think Jubilee, which reminds me, I have a. There was a dark storyline. I'm not sure what the storyline was. I just read about this on the online where Jubilee and other young mutants had been crucified. Oh, on, holy war! Yeah, is that what it? That's what it was. I think so. It was the holy war run. I had lit no up idea. the sky while they were on the cross. Boy, you guys have some knowledge I don't. You have yeah, to I remember reading me. that in middle school, or at least parts oh, of Oh, sorry, I'm talking about little no, kids no, I bullshit just, here. No, I, I remember I was, like, scared of anything remotely violent, so a friend of mine brought me, was like, hey, man, check this out, and I was like, ah, right. it's too raw. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you know, like he's saying, there are mutants that are just burdened with this power, <laughs> yeah, which, yeah. you know, obviously Isn't there he some is one of, but mutant, it's also... I think he's just got Oh, sorry. But it's also why he's probably on the front line. Wasn't he like one of the first people to like... <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. He wasn't... He's like, a red shirt. Magneto and the army weren't even there by the time he was there. He expected to lose him, I think. Cure-all, minus yeah. touch, you hang out in the back. Quill boy, front lines. Yeah, now. they were pissed off at him. They were leaving his quills all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> They're stepping on that shit. They're like, yeah, put him in the front line. Sticking up out of the toilet seat in the morning. <laughs> oh, shit. Any other X-Men? I don't know. I think I'm tapped out. Yeah. John, Sean, you guys, anything? No. Nah. All right. Well, with that, I mean, we could talk about X Men for hours, but yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh no, that was just I'm I'm wanting to actually. What's actually happening is I want to move this the segment along, but I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 pretending to be polite. Where if you said yes, I'd probably still be like, okay, now on with the show. <laughs> so is this part where we're going to edit or? <laughs> I haven't I decided yet. Part we'll, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> All right. With that. We have T-shirts, guys. I need to think of more, uh, more better segues into these that, commercials. The but... segue time is behind us. Now we're yeah. just pushing it right in people's faces. Yeah, we don't even really collect much on these things, no. do we? <laughs> like, like, why do we even? They're bother? a bit of a burden. <laughs> <laughs> just sucks up bandwidth on the internet. <laughs> like quills are a burden to some mutants. Indeed, we're or... not the bank <laughs> selling T-shirts. No. But we certainly try. We're the Quill Pig or whatever the hell his <laughs> name pig. is. <laughs> Quill Pig, front line. <laughs> Society6.com forward slash Pod. That's where you're going to get some Candare t-shirts, mugs, decals, koozies, all kinds of bullshit with our logo on it. It's going to be great. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Your mother's drapes. Your mother's drapes with our logo <laughs> on it. If you love us even a little bit, you'll go over there and check some stuff out, right? Please. Right? That's all yeah. we can do is yeah. ask. All right. Okay. Cool. Well, with that, let's swing open the door to the comic vault. Who would like to go first this week? I'll go. Jack, go. <laughs> the web comic. I am making the decision. <laughs> <laughs> the web comic by Ed Bigford, Bickford from Source Point Press. American Chop Suey. It's about a uh, rabbit up in North Dakota named Tofu. It's kind of a hillbilly looking rabbit, <laughs> but he's a master of. Uh, what's it when you fold paper? Oregon. Oregon. Mm. And he likes to learn new things, he says. So he said he's going to go to the nearest town and learn scrapbooking from (laughs) 
Princess Snowpea. I didn't get far enough These to find out who Snowpea was. These are some high-octane thrills you're throwing at <laughs> So the narrator says there's lots of stuff that can stop you on the way. They're all tourist traps. And one that he comes across is a Ninja Scout cookies uh, <laughs> kiosk, basically. <laughs> and it's a bunch, I think they're gophers, dressed up all in ninja gear. And you see a little rabbit getting beat with pillows and stuffed animals by the ninjas, telling them to buy the cookies, and he's yelling, help, help. Then they noticed uh, Tofu walking up. They're like, look, here comes somebody else. We're going to sell them cookies. So he comes. they come up to him. And they're like, hey, you want to buy some cookies? He's like, man, I don't like cookies. And they're all like, what? You don't like cookies? We're going to battle. So one of them comes <laughs> up. He's got a churro. Another one's got a uh, yard flamingo. Another one's got an oboe. <laughs> they try to do battle with him. But meanwhile, he's doing origami battle. He ends up throwing a big origami chair at one of the the gophers knocks him out and they get all scared and then this ninja master comes out and he's just like we need to sell cookies to get (laughs) our cookie badge (laughs) so what do you say we have a a contest whoever eats the most cookies wins and tofu's like no i told you i don't like cookies i'm leaving and they're all like yeah we won by default I'm starting to wonder if you read a comic last night or if you just tripped ass. No, check it out, man. At first I was like, He just wants cookies. (laughs) I just thought this was the segment where you tell everybody your long, boring dream. (laughs) Oh, my God. One more time, Jack. What was that called? American Chop Suey. Very of course good. it was. What the hell else did you call it? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's called A Tale of Two Cities 2. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sean or John, would either of you gentlemen like to go next? Top American yeah. Chop Suey. How about the that? last thing I read was uh, a, a manga by J- uh, Junji Ito. Oh, uh, dude. Somaki. That was the last thing I read. It. I just finished that. Yeah, it's it's pretty fucked up. It's uh, it's about this uh, coastal town in Japan that uh, is everybody's obsessed with spirals, and the spirals start consuming everybody. Like, at first, uh, one dude wraps himself up into a bathtub, like in a spiral shape, um, and whenever they burn their bodies, then uh, the ashes become like spirals in the clouds, um, and the entire town just starts morphing into a spiral. These weird. Um, like one girl, her whole face turns into a spiral and her eyeball goes circling down it. Um, it's just really bizarre, weird body horror stuff. Um, I don't know. It's cool. That's why it's on your radar. I can see uh, it right away while you're into it. A couple of different times I talked about Junji Ito. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely The eel that swallowed all those people who were stuck and insane. Oh, yes. I remember that. That was creepy. Oh, dude. The idea of of going through that, it keeps me up at night. Searching for weird other stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously? (laughs) I need more. (laughs) Very good. Awesome. Very yeah, good. It's, what I find it's the next book I'm working on is a horror book, so I'm I'm reading a bunch of different horror huh? and trying to figure out how do you make something scary in a comic. And typically, it seems like mostly you rely a lot on atmosphere, and he's great at that, just building this sense of dread, and, and um, it just like building like out of the mundanity. There's this very macabre sense and everything. I don't know. Hmm. A lot of manga and animes kind of do it that way. They take a lot of, I don't know, just a setting and tweak it just a, a little bit. There's some of these concepts at work that are, like, hard to define. Like, how do you describe it? Yeah, they're obsessed with spirals, and they start mutating in some yeah. ways, but it's uh-huh. not that simple. There's so much going on under the hood. Like, Yeah, it's not. It's, I don't even know how you even write that. Yeah. Where you even come with that idea. That's lots of acid, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I get that acid. For starters. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Very good. Very good. John, what about you? Do you have anything to talk about? Okay. So I'm trying to think of something that I like enough that I would recommend, but that's unusual enough that I'm not maybe wasting time by talking about it. You know, like, so have you heard of the amazing Spider-Man? You know, something like that. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> And there's a web comic that I really like called uh, Menage uh, 3. The URL is ma3.com. Um, and it's a, a, it's like a 
like an old-fashioned R-rated sex romp comedy about these three roommates. Um, but it's been going on for years and years now, and there's lots of fandom intersections. So, like, the one roommate is a, a huge gamer and a comics nerd. Um, and then the other is a, a lead, the, front, uh, the front woman in a girl band. And they're, like, um, you know, like, uh, so there's all this, like, alt-rock, late 70s, early 80s punk stuff coming in, too. So it's just, like, this really, like, just outrageously funny, dirty, dirty comic about three young roommates in Montreal. MA3.com, and I'm in love with it. Sounds good. A little bit of something for everybody there. Yeah. It's a comic that knows its potential audience. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like a, uh, isn't it a three panel, a three or four panel typical daily? Four panel. Four panel daily. Four panel, yeah. Uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Yeah, it's it's good. Good. It's really good. I love those kind of comics. The creator has been working less and less on webcomics as she's been getting pilfered by Marvel for covers and Archie for covers and content. She's got a, she's doing art in an image book called Exo Sisters. Uh, that's coming out in a month or two. I ordered it, you know, I, through previews, but I, I, I hasn't been out. I don't know what, but it's going to be good. But I know the art will be great because she's terrific. Oh, shit, good for her. That's awesome. It does sound really good. What was that one more time? What was it called? It's called Menage 3, and the URL is ma3.com. Oh, no, ma3comic.com. I'm sorry, ma3comic.com. All right, I'm going to write that down. Nice. Very good. Jake. Yeah, yeah, I'll hit mine. Um, the podcast. And yeah, thanks for the tone. <laughs> not sure I'm fond of the way you said that. It's not the first time I've done this. Um, as of recording this, it is October 1st, and uh, that Halloween spirit hits me hard and fast. So mm. I've been just inhaling as much horror fiction as I possibly can. That includes listening to a lot of podcasts, and there are a bunch that I love no sleep, creepy, etc. But there's one in particular I, I really, really wait for every new episode, and that's called Knife Point Horror. Now, I'll admit, I really judged the book by the cover on this one, because the first time I saw it and a little little list of podcasts on this subject, uh, their, their cover art was a little snippet from a Hieronymus Bosch painting. Actually, a little bit from this triptych we're looking at right here, mm-hmm. somewhere in the corner, some little... Bird-faced monstrosity. Yeah, you know, really. Fun. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and I love that. So I'm like, ah, you bastard, you got me. Somebody's got a liberal arts degree. <laughs> um, I'll I have think you're you know. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't have said it if I didn't think it was. <laughs> he told me at the beginning, just jump in any time. <laughs> you're doing what you were instructed to do, yeah. John. Like, Don't feel bad. Yeah, you know? <laughs> well, you're stepping on his story. We, we got to talk about our books. <laughs> well, I mean, he can go ahead. Hey. I have a liberal arts degree too, so when we're talking about ours, if you want to make fun of me, go ahead. I'm, hey, I'm cool. You know with what? It. Yeah, I, uh, and I got an art history. I, I haven't even got an art history degree. degree yet, so don't even worry about it. Braggart. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Oh, I have less students. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, so they, they kind of had me at hello with the art, and um, it's horror fiction, and I believe it's user submitted or, you know, pulled from the depths of the internet, wherever you find these things. Um, so quality can sometimes vary with shows of this nature, but man, something about Knife Point, I don't know if there's a very strict screening process, but everything is so on point. And it, it's a lot of these stories, they don't often lean on supernatural elements or, you know, like, ooh, and then a ghost popped out. You know, it's right. there's really heavy psychological edge to a lot of this stuff that really sticks with me. But it's all brought together by just pitch-perfect narration. Every time, it's incredible. And it's got this this sort of recurring theme where the idea is that it's one man retelling his experiences, a certain frightening thing that becomes the bigger tale. So it always starts out with, my name is such and such, back in 1985 or whatever, and then the story goes on and on. And something about that really grounds you to the character. Hmm. Just knowing that name right off the rip like that, you're like, okay... This is a person. This is someone who's experienced this thing. It's not just a nameless figure that you're like, oh, and they were murdered. You know, it's right. there's something really gnarly about it. So Knife Point Horror, it's absolutely worth your time. It's incredible. I almost want to say it's kind of minimalist. There's not a lot of extra. Yeah, there it is. That's the good stuff. For our viewers yeah, at home, I, I you just... Cute it up. You got, got me. Oh, dude, totally worth it. I love it. Um, Soren Narnia is the mastermind behold, behind this whole operation. That's at... 
S-O-R-E-N-N-A-R-N-I-A. So please, by all means, check him out. Uh, I can't say enough good things about Knife Point, so... Very good. I'm going to check it out myself. You really I'm kind should. of uh, starved for podcasts oh, to listen totally to right. during the workday. All right, very good. Well, John kind of already set me up for my comic. Talking to the Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. He's seen I, it. He's seen it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, actually what I have this week, it's in that same universe. We're talking Dr. Octopus Year One. I love origin stories. I've always been a big fan of them. This is written by Zeb Wells, who does uh, not only... A, a lot of writing for Marvel, but uh, for like Adult Swim, he does like a uh, robot chicken and stuff like that. <laughs> really, he does. Huh. But uh, this was part two of uh, five, and I just got this out of a, like a grab bin. You know, I, I, all the other pieces weren't there, and I think I got the right issue to <laughs> only have one because it starts with him just kind of testing his arms uh, out before they're attached to him. It shows him in a lab, you know, running tests on him and all these scientists are like, you're mad Otto. What the hell are you doing? You know? And it just shows him next panel in an office being, uh, come down on by his boss saying, you know, you're a radiologist. Why are you wasting all your time on this mechanics stuff? And, uh, goes home to his mother. He lives with his mother, just the two of them. You know, he's all beat up about his day. They kind of allude that he may have been let go, but not for sure. And uh, his mother's like, you never come home anymore, Otto. I never see you anymore, Otto. Have you guys ever seen Willard with, um, (laughs) with, uh, what's his name? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Crispin Glover. Um, Yeah, Crispin Glover. That's great. That relationship between uh, him and his mother, except she's not bedridden. But that same kind of guilt on the character. And while they're sitting there having dinner, the TV's on, and you see it's like a variety show. And now, everyone, the amazing Spider-Man. This is like when Spider-Man's first got his powers and is first on TV doing wrestling and stunts for money before he became a hero, you know. And this gives Otto an idea. I'm going to, you know, give a presentation to the government, you know, about all... You know, we have all these new villains and heroes, you know, fighting like gods in the sky above us. We need to start advancing and evolving with them and uh, you know focusing on this kind of technology to enhance ourselves which he does give a demonstration and he gets the funding for and um while you know it shows him then in his new lab testing his arms out and uh you know making breakthroughs he's found this batch of nerves in the spinal column that goes unused and that's what he's going to tap into to use his you know his extensions and there's this uh, this blonde, this girl who works in the lab there for some reason or another, <laughs> has taken to Otto. She likes him. She's been kind of flirting with him. That's pretty baffling given the way they're both drawn. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> they don't look like they go together. But you can see that he's kind of taken to her. And in the next scene, he goes home and he's kind of smitten. He's painting a picture of the two of them. And his mother walks in like, Otto, what are you doing? What are you drawing? And he sees this. She sees this woman. Oh, has she been touching you in dirty places, Otto? Oh, she's just oh, trying geez. to, you know, take you from me, Otto. She doesn't want nothing for you. You need to, you know, put her out of your life. So then, you know, it shows the next day him at work. Uh, she walks in. Good morning, Otto. How are you? He's like, well, I've uh, I put a transfer in for you. You're going to another lab starting tomorrow. Uh, have a nice life. Like, just just pushes her straight out. And she's heartbroken, but leaves. So it shows him coming from home, uh, from work that night, distraught that he's lost his love because of his mother. But his mother isn't home. And about 20 minutes after he's home, she's at the front door with her, with her man that she's seeing. So she's put Otto through all this the whole time she's seeing somebody. She he comes in, he's pissed off, and it doesn't show it, but they allude to the fact that he kills his mother. Hmm. And within the next few pages, he puts on the arms at a big demonstration. You see a big explosion, which ends the comic, which would allude to him, you know, being then bound to them. I imagine the rest of the stretch is him adjusting, becoming the insane person he is. But again, love origin stories, and I love how that turned out. It was uh, really well written. And what year was this? Is that recent? Let me see here. Because I saw an um, advertisement for the movie 2000. White Chicks in there, and I'm thinking... <laughs> 2004 it was. Okay. <laughs> okay. Why did you ask if it was well, not recent? Have, it, <laughs> isn't it like the spectacular spectacular Doc, Doc Ock or something's coming out? Oh, the uh, Superior Spider-Man, yeah. Superior, yeah, Superior Doc Ock. Yeah. You know, I'm... 
upset because that had its run, you know, it ran for a good year. And during its run, it didn't seem to have like a lot of pull, like a lot of gravity. Nobody seemed to like it. But after it ended, it it seemed to start to get this gravity to it. And now they're bringing it back in some form. Is it, did you say it's going to be called the superior Dr. Octopus or it's actually going to be called the superior Spider-Man, like a second run on that? No, I think it's superior Doc Ock. I think. Like, I just saw Newsarama or something. I don't know. I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds really cool. Because that series was amazing. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I did too. I got in on it late, but uh, everything I read was freaking amazing. Freaking amazing. I can see why people would take issue. Most people are down on slot, but I really like Dan Slot. I liked his, his take. I liked everything up until uh, Spider-Man International. That's where he kind of lost me. You guys remember that one? No, I don't think I read that. No. I don't think it was called Spider-Man International, but it it went to a number one right after he got his body back from Otto. And it was like, I just remember that first comic was him in like Hong Kong and some Spider-Mobile zipping around (laughs) on the walls with, oh, it was fucking ridiculous. I'm like, I'm checking out of this. But anyway, let's turn our attention over to Sean and John and talk about the Fuhrer and the Tramp. Guys, I'm excited to have you here. As you know, and some of our listeners may know, a few weeks ago, you know, I just happened to pawn your comic uh, online and decided to bring it to uh, the comic vault. And then you guys reached out to us. And what's (laughs) really funny, I feel kind of stupid about this, but just a few (laughs) weekends ago, I was in Canton, Ohio. And I was at uh, your guys's was a Hall of City uh, Comic Con. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now I was there to meet one Mister Kevin Eastman, and uh, was standing in line there. And I had seen you guys your booth from across the way, and I got excited. I was I was telling Brooke, my girlfriend was there with me. Like Brooke, we just talked about these guys. We've got to get over there and say hello. Now, mind you, I was like third in line to meet Kevin, and he hadn't been back to the table yet. And if you had any idea how big of a turtle fan I am, I mean, I might as well have been meeting Christ that day. So, so after I met him, I kind of floated out on my giddiness and totally forgot to stop by the table. And I do apologize to you guys, but, man, it was cool to see you guys there because it was like two days after that that you uh, reached out to us. But um, I hope you guys, oh, wow. how was the comment? I think the universe is telling us something. Right? I'm serious. This is kismet, right? Oh, yeah, because then this was a last-minute cancellation. The, the only way that these guys are here now, it's, yeah. the stars are aligning. I like yeah. this. And it, it was exactly. a great comic, a, at least uh, what I, I saw of it. I, can you tell the listeners a little bit about The Fuhrer and the Tramp? Yeah, certainly. It's, um, it's, about, it's a historical fiction, action-adventure satire about Charlie Chaplin fighting Adolf Hitler and the Nazis while trying to make the great dictator. Says it all. <laughs> and he uh, he's supported by uh, two on, two of uh, FDR's undercover agents that are um, helping him finish the movie, Hedy Lamar and Errol Flynn. And it's kind of a, a, uh, in a Indiana Jones high adventure action comedy mixed with comics-wise, maybe like some um, Life of Time. I'm a Scrooge McDuck and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Right. That kind of thing. Adventures of Tintin, Rocketeer. From what you know, fun I, stuff. Yeah, what I read, you know, it, it was going from a comical uh, angle really quick into a serious angle, you know, where it showed uh, the very opening panels. I don't even remember how I saw it. It wasn't on your guys' website. It was on some other website, but... It looked like uh, Charlie had swung in through the movie theater screen and landed in the seat next to Adolf. And, you know, that's a that's a very comedic moment. And the next scene, if I remember correctly, or a scene close after, they're at like a uh, at dinner party. And Charlie's kind of seriously expl- explaining his angle on all this. Maybe I butchered that. Maybe I'm totally wrong about that. No, you got it, no, you got it exactly right. Oh, that's good, yeah. But, um, you know, this is a... Uh, such a cool idea in a fun comic. I, it's really one of those concepts where it it wouldn't occur to me, like, just in the wild, like, Charlie Chaplin versus Hitler. It's perfect, but it works so well together, you know? Yeah, and now that I think about it, I guess they both do share one uh, one little detail about the yeah, right? physical trick. Yeah, physical trick. Yeah, we use that to great effect, I think. I hope. 
And that if there's one it. thing I remember and from I, Liberal I Arts it's Academy, funny. it's that you really need to hang on to those <laughs> physical traits. And I think this is interesting because this is the second time to the day that I've heard someone say, if I had just heard the concept, I wouldn't have been interested. I wouldn't kind of gotten it until I saw it. And I think it's so weird to me because when Sean texted me when he first had the idea and texted me like right away in my head, I was like, oh, I see it. I get where you're going. And I don't know if we're just outcasts <laughs> and freaks, but I, I mean, I basically the pitch that he just gave you, like, that's why he texted me. And it's like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, that's brilliant. Yeah, I'd, I had just watched uh, the interview with Seth Rogen. Oh, right. and, you know, that remember that movie? I remember because it was like it was what about 2015 and there's a much simpler time and so it was really weird that Kim Jong Un wanted to kill Seth Rogen. That was bizarre. Now today that'd be like a Tuesday, right? <laughs> but back then it was just knocked it out of my head. It's like <laughs> Kim Jong Un wants to kill Seth Rogen. <laughs> there's a dictator who owns his whole own country and he's keeping he's staying up late nights worrying about Seth Rogan. Yeah. Like, like that's yeah. yeah, you're right. That was just like that would never happen here in the United States. Right. You know, President wouldn't stay up worrying about entertainers. <laughs> no. <laughs> Preposterous. You know, I I heard that uh, even that Hitler at one point wanted the three stooges dead. <laughs> Have you guys ever heard that before? I've heard that because they were Jewish. No, I had not. Really? I mean, who knows if it's true or not, but I've heard it multiple places before. Yeah. Yeah. What is with this, like, fascist controllers of starving, embattled nations just like, I gotta get that son of a bitch, you know, they're just <laughs> surrounded by problems. Well, with the Three Stooges, I kind of get it in that, I mean, they were Jewish, so maybe Adolf was just misunderstood. Maybe it's like... Like, oh no, it's not them I have a problem with specifically. <laughs> it is the whole race. But probably, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. they're this They're religion. hilarious. I think we Jewish, really so. need to stop putting words in Hitler's mouth. <laughs> it's not fair. He's not here to defend himself. You're trying to cut the legs out from under our Kickstarter? <laughs> Just put 180 pages worth of words in Adolf Hitler's mouth. <laughs> Speaking of your Kickstarter, I have to just comment and say bravo on your video. I've never seen such a creative, awesome video on a Kickstarter. Typically, it's just <laughs> thank you noise and something called like a music that you can't and... <laughs> hardly stand to listen to. While... <laughs> yeah, and then when it finally does come to the person, it's like they recorded Some it in the bathroom. or echoey as hell. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> that was our no. first video. I guess I'll go back to porn. And... <laughs> yeah. But I would urge our... Yeah, I know. I can't watch those. I'm like, why would I make someone watch something that I wouldn't watch myself? Exactly. Right. Solid. So, uh, golden rule. I had a... Uh, my idea was a little bit more convoluted and complicated for the video. I wanted to make an animation. But um, lack of time and resources... Uh, so I just pitched to John and he wrote it in a weekend and we shot it that weekend and I edited it the next day. <laughs> it was good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love the, the, the cane twirling, jumping in the air, kicking the heels. I mean, I, I'm shit. I couldn't do that. <laughs> I could barely do it. I couldn't walk the next day. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta make sacrifices. I threw my hip out. <laughs> one really, really quick one he thing. Did, he really <laughs> one really quick one thing I want to say about this comic before we uh, move on to like your Kickstarter rewards is um, this has only ever happened to me one other time doing this show. Uh, you know, I like I said, I checked this comic out two, three weeks ago and only the one time for the show. But it's, you know, those certain panels have been sticking in my memory. And whenever I think of it, I think of it in vibrant color. And when I go back to oh, it, wow. it's... You know, coming back to it the second time, I it took me again. Like, oh yeah, this is this is in black and white, and I even went searching for those same panels in color. And it, uh, I think, it just kind of speaks to the merit of not only the art but the story that it can. Oh put, yeah, Dexter killed it. Yeah, put that visual in my mind with it at, without it even being there. You don't need a colorist. The colors implied. Yeah, it's it's a damnedest thing. But it is, and it's not, is it? No, I mean now that they're the covers. The covers obviously are in color, right. but you know it's not the covers I'm remembering. Like mm -hmm. I remember a certain panel with Charlie swinging off that rope, you know, with the spotlight behind him coming toward the screen. I, right. I'm thinking of that in color, but it's not. And I, 
I don't know. I don't know what's to be said about that. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. But I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It strikes me. I, as I think that's a good thing. Yeah. My girlfriend said the same thing. Really? Whenever she thinks about it, she remembers it being in color. Yeah. That's amazing. That is so amazing. That's got to be a mark of success. And we've had so many comics come through this show, but I think there's only like one other I can think of that's ever had that kind of effect on me. Where it just, it, it creates something new in your memory. It's, it's not quite. Well, it fooled me. I mean, like I said, coming back to it the second time, I was like, Oh, well, this isn't what I read. This is in black (laughs) and white. The one I read was in color, you know, but um, anyway, maybe we live in a simulation. Oh, Oh, shit. We all do. (laughs) It's like Nelson Mandela. Oh, we don't need any more of that. The Mandela effect's been creeping its way into this show, like, more and more. Don't need that. (laughs) What about rewards you guys have going? Your Kickstarter is already, like, doing extremely well, so huge congratulations to you guys. But for people who want to get on board, you know, if you're not even interested in backing this project, I strongly recommend going to the website or following one of the links we have out there. you will be afterward. To check out that video. That video is so much fun, especially if you're into the, like, uh, the Charlie Chaplin or silent film kind of stuff. It's, it's so much fun. But um, can you tell the listeners, if they do decide to back, what kind of rewards they're looking at? Uh, well, we have a digital reward at 15 uh, $25. That's what we're really trying to do is uh, raise the funds to be able to print a collected version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to have it on my bookshelf. So sure. you hold it in my hand, hands. That's really what I want. Um, drop it, drop lift it into, you know, Barnes and Nobles and Borders and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we have like uh, a couple retailer tiers. So if there's any retailers listening, I'd really give it a discounted rate so that, you know, retailers would check it out and be able to make a profit selling it and some support, collateral support for them uh, marketing. Uh, we have lobby card tiers. We're looking at a uh, right now. We're we're about five hundred bucks from our next stretch goal, which I'm going to make a coloring book. Um, wow! Nice. Like a thirty-two page coloring book that, you, that all backers will get for free if we hit that stretch goal. And then we're going to do another one later on with a. a um, we're going to have a print from an exclusive print from uh, Sean Koss, who's a uh, cyanide and happiness artist who oh, does a lot of shit. creepy art. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. Uh, he 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 did the new Seether um, T-shirts and album cover for the new Seether album. Oh wow! So um, he's going to do a creepy Charlie Chaplin for you know Halloween. Um, you just talk about sideline and yep. having this last yeah, week. Yeah. And Abby's stuck on that artist. Every convention, she right. seeks him out, buys a new print, a new shirt. It's, mm. it's his style's incredible. Oh yeah, he's great. Yeah, he was a student of mine. <laughs> no, I, um, he was in nursing school. Yeah, he was in nursing school, and I was teaching college, and he. He took a Photoshop class just out of uh, just to fill out his electives, and I'm like, "Really, you're in nursing? Your art is amazing!" And <laughs> you know, uh, almost talked him out of nursing school. But then I was like, "Yeah, that's really dumb. Then you'd be poor." <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, quit your day job. <laughs> yeah, so he he finished that, and he has a you know he works as a, a an RN uh, what two days out of the week, and then has the rest to do cons and art. So that's, that's really what I should have done is I should have done something like that as an artist. I would. So, yes, as an artist, I've always thought Sean would make an excellent nurse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, guys. Again, to our listeners, till October 12th, this Kickstarter is running. Uh, obviously, you want to go to Kickstarter to back that. Also, the Fear and the Tramp dot com. Gentlemen, is there anywhere else we should be directing uh, people to check this project out? Um, that's pretty much it. Facebook page. Oh, yeah, we're on I Facebook mean, and Twitter. You're not going to see anything there that you wouldn't see at those other locations. Yeah. So. And Instagram. Okay. Perfect. There's some videos on Instagram of Dexter drawing. Oh, yeah, we, we yeah. do need to talk about Dexter, though. Oh, yeah. Dexter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dexter Wee, right? <clears throat> yeah, Dexter, Dexter Wee. Wee. Um, we've been working for Dex- with Dexter for about 10 years. Ten years. We, uh, uh, we were working on another book together early. It was our first book that we worked together. And I... Um, I had just had uh, my my second child and was unable to, you know, continue with the art aspects of it. And I'm very slow when it comes to art anyway. So we we outsourced it and we found Dexter through, I think, was it Pencil Jack? I think it was Pencil Jack. Either Pencil Jack or Digital Digital Webbing. Webbing. One of them. And um, 
we we put out a posting. I don't know if this is interesting to your listeners or not. I think it's interesting. Yeah. So in other words, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it anyway. You can edit it out if you don't like. So anyway, what I did was we, we had like a hundred responses, more than a hundred responses, and I whittled all those down to about ten that I thought were good, and I uh, sent them um, each a a page to draw, and they all came back. And from those, then what I did was I put a bunch of suggestions or corrections or red markers all over it just to see how they respond to criticism and feedback. I'm not being a dick, but, you know, well, maybe a little bit. Yeah, but if you're going to work with somebody, you want to know you can work exactly. with Exactly. Plus, right. also being being that, you know, from an artistic background myself, I actually, my dream was to find somebody that I could, like, if I didn't like the way he forced shorten the hand, that I could just redraw it and he wouldn't get his feelings hurt. And, uh... The only one that didn't get his feelings hurt was Dexter. Oh, wow. <laughs> but on top of that, Dexter's art was so much better than everybody else's. Um, and so we started working together, and it just became this really nice, amazing, collaborative friendship going back and forth, uh, working on the arts. Some of these pages, like in uh, Fear and the Tramp, we might spend a week on a page just sending it back and forth, you know, making changes to each other's art and and that it just grows just seeing it come from the sketches and seeing the entire process and just having someone that you can collaborate and ping pong ideas back and forth like that. And I think we, we do that too. Writing wise, we ping pong back and forth and kind of make each other better. And through the collaboration, then it's like, it's what I love about the collaboration is if everybody drops their ego and just works on the project and focuses on what's the best project, then it's like, it's not one plus one equals two. It's like one plus one equals five. Right. And um, I don't know. We've had we've had a great relationship. But I mean, we we never met him in in person, but we consider him family. Oh, yeah. he's our brother. Oh yeah, and and a hell of an artist. And, and when you're talking about the rewards, the Kickstarter rewards, my favorite rewards are the original art rewards. And I can't believe there's still so many of them left. But is it 75 the sketches start? Yeah, the sketches I think start. Well, let me look. I think they're start 75. And they're yeah. inked and everything. Yeah, these, gorgeous. These are just uh, we have a bunch of sketches that uh, that he um, that he's sent us that we can use. Uh, some some of it was like tipped in panels, so like we, we had him, I had him redraw a panel, and so that's just one panel is is a sketch. Hmm. So, but they're, but they're like eleven by nine, right? I mean, like they're decent. They're, they're different size. sizes. Oh, the different sizes. Okay, yeah. I thought on the Kickstarter specified them. But either way, I mean, seventy five bucks for Dexter Weed original art is just ridiculously cheap. I can't believe yeah. there's any left. Yeah, and then there's also the uh, the full page art. Full we, page we have one, three different tiers. Yeah, there's a one, one that's like sequentials. Um, that's 150, right? Yeah, I think so. And then a splash is 200, and then a cover is 300. And these covers, my God, they're gorgeous. Based on what we've seen of this book, yeah, I, I, I definitely believe you. Mm -hmm. Definitely, like the, the attention to detail, and maybe that you know even plays into uh, why we remember in color, but. Um, I remember there being a lounge scene uh, in one of these panels where there were like a lot of palm trees in the background. And I, I kind of sat there and stared at it a minute. And if you allow your mind to wander enough, you start to see, you know, almost a shade of green in there. It's it's a strange thing. And I think that comes from that attention to detail, probably. Yeah, that was one of the things we worked on was, um, you know, Dexter would do the inks and then I would do gray washes on top of them to try to make it more atmospheric. And, you know, that interplay playing back and forth. And I did it because, you know, I had to get my hands dirty, too. You know, I had to get my hands on that. I couldn't just let him have fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an amazing project, gentlemen. And uh, thank you. Thank congratulations you so much. to both of you uh, on your extremely successful Kickstarter. And what an amazing comic you have. Um, you can find, uh, let's see, Sean on Twitter at Sean Luke McCard. I love that. Absolutely love it. Uh, John at John Judy 15. I told you. <laughs> and, uh, I was going to use the pen name, Sean Luke McCard. He thought it was dumb. No, <laughs> don't you put that on me. That is not true. He's taking some of his other friends and morphing them into me for the purpose of entertainment value, but I will not allow that to be hung around my neck. I said I didn't think it was dumb, but I didn't see the fucking point. That's what I said. It's <laughs> totally different. Big difference, yeah. Sean. You think it's dumb? I don't think it's dumb. I don't get the fucking point, but I don't think it's dumb. I thought it was cool. <laughs> it, I, I enjoyed it. It yeah. put a smile on my face, I'll tell you that. It's more memorable. Yeah. <laughs> the McCardle. 
It ends with a hole. So, you know. If you start with an ole, you might as well end with one. Fuck that man. Oh, my God. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being here on the show with us today. This has been a refreshing blast, I gotta say. (laughs) Thank you. Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media. Click the merch button, buy some merch. Click the Patreon button and be a patron. And if you'd like to send us a comment, complaint, or just say hi, send us an email on our contact page. And don't forget, on Twitter and Facebook, we are at cannedairpod, and on Instagram, we are at canned underscore air. That we are, and keep in mind, we are two weeks out. Everything's going as planned so far, two weeks out from premiering our next, our new show, What If. It so is on the way, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. We will be letting you all know when that launches. Uh, in the meantime, have, head over to Facebook and over to Twitter and give us a follow there at What If Series. Is that the same on Facebook? It's What If PCDST. PDCST. Yeah. What I if, tell you what, there's a lot of what if handles out there. Is. So yeah, we had to we had to make do. But um, At what if P D C S T on X X underscore what if underscore X X. Anyway, we'll keep you in the know on that, and I think that does it for this I week. So, so until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. I'm Sean McCardle. I'm John Judy. Sean Thanks for listening, start. everyone. Dicks. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. Now we've come full circle. <laughs> drink daddy's cough syrup this is where he keeps the good stuff you don't need drugs to get high talk you just need the canned air podcast that's good advice now we know and no one is half the battle just one question what are you doing outside the window <laughs> tell your mama to call me G.I. Jesus Christ, why do you need to truck that fucking car? Because you've got nothing else in your heart or your life. All right. Sorry. Continue. (laughs) Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) Right.